Yo, what's up, ladies and G's? Much love for those returning and shout out for those tuning in for the first time. I'm your host, DeAndre Evans, and today I have a very special episode. Uh, now, I just want to start off by saying this is a very unique situation that we all are now in and facing together as a nation as we not only are experiencing COVID-19, but we are on the break of something massive, which is uh, racism and defining what that is and how to overcome it and working together uh, to shine light on what's been going on for over hundreds and hundreds of years and uh, how we can work together in order to bring justice to uh, those lives that were lost and bring justice overall to the to the nation, to Black Lives Matter, uh, to, to spread light and spread love on what's going on and to really educate and inform uh, those who are unaware, those who are uh, confused and on the fence of you know, the true meaning and definitions behind things. So today I have a very special episode with a friend of mine. Her name is Natalie Jill. Um, we actually had a interview done together probably about eight, nine months ago as she came onto my show. She also came on to IG Live for a collaboration as well. And um, we, we pretty much met because we have the same podcast name, right? Uh, her podcast is called Leveling Up. Mine's is Level Up Daily. And so I reached out to her to collab and, and pretty much the rest is history as we pretty much became good friends, uh, starting to exchange ideas and, and conduct business. So the, the meaning behind this episode is to really, again, educate and inform what's going on. Uh, Natalie reached out to me to, to ask me, honestly, some pretty tough questions, to ask me questions that some people still have to this day, some questions that are unanswered and, and not necessarily clear for most. So uh, I, I definitely agreed on it. I went onto her platform to share, again, value and some insight on the whole movement behind Black Lives Matter, why we are protesting, why you're seeing these riots, these looters out here, um, what, what we can do to work together, how we can begin to understand one another so that we can get to where we ultimately need to be as a nation. To be honest, this was not, again, an easy conversation to have. Uh, I share my personal experiences on what I went through as a kid and police brutality and being exposed to all forms of racism by the time I was seven. But I also shine light on, uh, again, what we can do, how we can use our gifts and our talents and how we can help one another understand and, and continue to push forward. Uh, because, listen, it's going to take everybody. It's going to take everybody to make some something happen, to make change happen and to help revolutionize the new way that we should be living as, as a culture, as a, as a nation. So um, this is a very interesting episode. I ask that, you know, you, you have an open mind. Um, have a, have an open heart. Again, this is a conversation privately between Natalie and I that we have, but we're we're sharing this publicly so that it may help someone else, so that it may um, bring more awareness to what's really going on and why things are happening. Again, to to clarify for those who are still confused. So I hope that you can take this with with all its entirety to to begin to open up and listen and understand that we need each other. We need each other more than ever right now, but. It's going to take a village. It's going to take all of us to make change. And that's what this episode is all about. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So um, feel free. Take some notes. Uh, if you got any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram at DeAndre underscore Evans. That's D-A-N-D-R-E underscore E-V-A-N-S. Uh, let me know what you guys thought about this conversation. Again, it's just uh, a real friend to friend, heart to heart moment. And uh, being a value to one another too to push the correct narrative here. So I look forward to listening to all the feedback and answering any questions moving forward. Let's get it. 
Are you ready? Level Up Daily, the hottest podcast for self-growth with interviews from the hottest celebrities. Told her to level me up, told her to level me up, yeah. Now, your host, DeAndre Evans. Told her to level me up, told her to level me up, yeah. It's time to level up. Now level up. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm with my friend, DeAndre, and it's, I'm so glad, excited to talk to him today. But first of all, I want to let you know how we met. Uh, we met because our podcast has the same name. <laughs> so I'm uh, leveling up. He's Level Up Daily, and he, reached, he said that he had seen that we had the same podcast. We connected. He interviewed me once. We then did a double live together. I really resonated with him, connected with him, liked him. We became friends in the social media space. And with everything going on in the world right now, I thought, who can I ask so many questions I have to and feel safe asking them to because I know his intentions are so pure and he really does want to change the world and, and help. Um, so he's here today to talk with us. So thank you so much for being here, DeAndre. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Thank you. Thank you for you know, allowing this moment to happen and uh, creating a space of dialogue so we can talk and, and address things that's going on currently. Yeah, I appreciate you so much because as we were talking offline before I started recording, I was saying there's a lot of people, um, and mm -hmm. I'll speak in my friend group especially, that we feel like we have so much to learn, we want to do the right thing, we want to understand, we want to change, we want to get better, but we keep feeling like we're doing it wrong, like we're doing it wrong, we're doing it wrong. and. We're taking it, me included, I'll own myself, as in we're being shamed or attacked and it's been scary for us. So I, I, I really appreciate that you're so open to having a conversation. I, I sent him a list of things like, hey, I wanna ask you all these things. Can I ask you these safely? Can you educate me and us? And he said, yes, yes. so thank you. Absolutely, not a problem, more than happy. So before we get started on that, can you tell me more, like, how, how are you actually doing through everything going on? And if you're listening to this later, by the way, we are in the middle of literally a civil war right now. This is, I, I never thought I would see this in our lifetime. Um, this is just yeah. absolutely I, I, unbelievable. Um, my 13-year-old daughter said to me that she actually likes being witnessing of this because she said it's changing our, our world right now and she wants to be a part of that. So how are you actually doing during this? Oh, honestly, overall, I know we talked a little bit before, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, you know, uh, I can't lie about that. Um, I'm tired for sure. Um, I have my spurts where I try to make myself happy in a sense of seeing the good out of it all. But, um, you know, it, it's just a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in across the board. And I'm, I think a lot of people are feeling that no matter the race. Um, but it's, it's, it's refreshing to the sense of being able to finally get people to witness and see what you've been going through, you know, for so long. And a lot of people just never really believed you to a certain extent. Yeah. And that's tough. You know? I think so. there's a lot of us so naive to it. Uh, and I'll say me included. I, I, I was sharing with a friend last night that I have a lot of friends of different ethnicities. I have a lot of black friends, but I could maybe name five that I actually knew stories of childhood and stories of pain and what they, what they went through. And, and I consider myself pretty open. I have discussions with a lot of people, but I was even unaware of the level. Why do you think that is that there's such a huge unawareness? Just the lack of education, you know, the lack of knowledge and what's, what's being spread. Like when we go to school and you're raised, you know, you go to history class 
and you're exposed to history and what's going on in, in the past and prior events, it is not really told in its full in, in truth. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's divided. It's a half of a half, right? So when people are, you know, in school and they're learning, you know, you don't really receive that true education. You're like indoctrinated into it. You know, it's like a set of core beliefs that people want you to believe. And, you know, when you're going through the motion of things and when, let's say, for example, you're in a history class and history pops up where say, okay, slavery comes around and everyone is already tense when slavery comes around and yeah. you're in the first school. I felt like, myself just even when you said the word, like it's, it's programmed. And that it's, and it's tough because it's, it's like, well, we have some idea, speaking generally to most people who don't know fully the backstory of everything. You know that obviously it wasn't right, it wasn't wrong, and white people enslaved blacks, blah, 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 right? That's just the forefront. That's just the, the starting point. But it's not really told in its entirety where, you know, there are stories. There are stories that is not told. And that's the part that's tough because that's what a lot of people are missing. It's the other half of the truth. So when we were taken from Africa, you know, they also took more than that just in us. They took crops from Africa and brought them over here to grow because they wanted them, right? But those crops honestly took away the, the nutrients that was needed in the soil over there, which caused black people over there to, to not have as much resource, nutrients, the food that they need, the, the opportunity to grow. Wow. They've been ki- so information I've like that. I've never heard this before. Like this is you know, so powerful yeah. that you're, thank you for sharing this. Like I, li- I never knew that or heard that or considered yeah. it. And, and it's just, you know, one of, one of hundreds of things, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. going on that's not really told. Um, and I know we're probably going to get a lot, lot more into it during the time. And uh, I'm, I'm honestly say I'm going to do my best. <laughs> yeah. You're, well, you're already helping me. I mean, just even that, I didn't even know. Okay. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions and I'm, I want, I feel the need to, I have to keep apologizing and I'm, I'm going to just, I'm so sorry in advance because I, I really do feel ignorant asking some of this, but I'm thinking if I don't know these things then there's other people that don't, and that's why I want to yeah. do this. It's really important. If we're going to get to a place of neutrality and love and get, you know, resolve things, then we have to understand first. So, Absolutely. okay. So my first question, cause you brought up slavery. This comes up a lot where I'll hear somebody say, but that was years ago. That wasn't you. Help me with that one. Um, what what is the answer to somebody thinking that or coming back with that? Like, but slavery was in, like you mentioned, in the past. Mm-hmm. Help you, help us with that. Yeah, but it's like to anything. You can't just write off the past of the history and, and try to say, well, it doesn't matter now because that was the case. You would write off half of what's going on in prior events in the future. You say this didn't happen when right. we're experiencing it now. You know, you still acknowledge it. Right. So you can't necessarily, you know, throw to the side because it happened years ago, though. Our ancestors, I personally wasn't there, obviously, but my ancestors were and that that oppression, that systematic oppression that was created is really passed down through generation after generation. And that's where the conflict and, and the anger and the worry comes in, because so many people try to write you off so quick and not really want to know the backstory and the information behind it. And that so information I, is everything. You're right, because that affected how your mom was or how your grandmother was. It, it goes down on how they're raising you and every, everything, it comes down. Absolutely, across the board, 100%. And so when people say things like that, that just means they're, they're not really willing to inform themselves or willing to educate themselves mm-hmm. on what's going on to really find out the truth. Because anybody can go to Google, honestly, and type in slavery, and you're going to get only so much. You're not going to get the truth. Mm. But if you were to 
look up the cornerstone speech. Sure. I'm gonna start giving out homework too as we're speaking along. Okay, I love it. Please do. Yeah. yeah. There, there were. And I'm holding there, this because I'm gonna make sure I'm not. I'm taking notes and I'm. I don't want to miss anything. So. <laughs> yeah. So the cornerstone speech. That was that was a, a tough time during. Uh, it was back in 1861. Okay. And it was written by a guy named Alexander Stevens. And in that speech, it was basically stated that in the eyes of the law, white people are, are responded and received as equal. But when it comes to blacks, they are not. Mm. That dated back to 1861. That's hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And people don't know about that. Mm. It, it was a problem a long time ago. You know, sure. it, it's been a problem. So now that, you know, we're in this time where thank God, you know, for technology, <laughs> Because without it, people still wouldn't believe us. They would still yeah. say, I'm blind to it. I don't see it. I don't, I can't, you can't relate. But now that we have camera phones, and obviously I'm pretty sure you witnessed hundreds of thousands of memes and videos now on social media, mm -hmm. and streaming everywhere. Obviously everybody in the United States across the globe has seen the killing and the murder of George Floyd from a cop who, who took advantage, yeah. took advantage of him. So, you know, when you start to display the truth it's not always going to be received because it's hard sure. to have been lied to for so long. And, you know, as you're saying this, I'm, I'm thinking back to being in school and history. And you're right. I, I think we tend to, we, we kind of put it as it was so long ago. This is so, this is in the past and we sweep it under the rug versus actually talking it through and feeling like I wish things could be almost more experiential. Like you actually have to feel it like yeah. and, and go deeper. And I think that might make a difference. Exactly. Because people okay. tend to go to statistics all the time. And I'm pretty sure people probably brought it up to you say, well, X amount of people kill these amount of people. Blacks kill blacks. White kills whites. It's certain, like, listen, you, you can't compare that to a personal experience. Sure. And even if you talk numbers, the numbers will never make sense and add up across the board because ultimately, just to speak truth, mm -hmm. large majority of the population is white, over 76%, 13% yeah. African-Americans. Yeah. And by numbers, they say it's roughly around 423 white people have been killed by police officers. We're going to keep along the same task that's causing all this right now. Mm. And about mm. 223 people are killed, uh, black people are killed by police brutality. Wow. And they say, well, if you were to take that same average at the same rate, blacks would be killed by a percentage of about 8.9. But that's not the case. They're being killed by 24%. And the reason for it is because police brutality. You know, the systematic oppression is so much more to it. And people say, well, that still doesn't explain the number for whites. Yes, it does. Because there are more whites in, in America across the world. So therefore, there will be more whites killed based off the numbers, if you want to play it numbers. that way. Yeah. Just right? like we went through with the COVID numbers recently. Like exactly. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So it just shines light on it. I have so, oh my gosh, I have so many questions. I'm, I hope I don't take up like literally your whole day. I'm, <laughs> every time you say something, I have another question. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and stay sort of in order. Um, but I, I would love my audience listening to understand more what it was like for you growing up as a black male. Um, can you give us some insight on that? Because I think that's another thing that people sweep under the rug. Like, oh, well, that only happens to some people or the bad ones or the... But I, I do personally see and understand that yeah. that profiling is very real. So can you talk to us and explain what that's like growing up as a black male in a world that's predominantly white, like you said, in a country that's predominantly white. Absolutely, and to be honest, it's, it's lonely, you know? And like you said, we're in a world where it's a lot of diverse people, but us as black men in this case, and black women, it's, it's lonely. 
you know, and, and when you're, you've been suppressed for so long and oppressed for so long, year after year, you kind of lose hope. You know, you, you're trapped and people say, well, you can go get a job. No, we really can't. It's hard yeah. because people are, are judging you based on your skin. They're judging you based on your name. They're judging you based on where you live, your zip code. There's so many factors, right? And for me growing up personally, I grew up in the inner city of Detroit in the beginning. I grew up in Detroit uh, with a single mother. She took care of me and my sister. Um, it was a lot of drugs, a lot of violence, a lot of crime there, just like most other cities do have. Um, but for us, to a certain extent, um, I was exposed to racism super early. And, and it's even crazy to me to even say this out loud because I really haven't told too many. It's the fact that I, I pretty much received all forms of racism by the time I was seven. And, and, and during that time, for me, it was tough because I didn't understand. I'm like, mom, why, why do people look at me this way? Why? Why is it that people follow me around the store and I'm just getting candy? Like, what, what am I doing wrong? Did I say something wrong? Or is it what I'm wearing? You know, like, what, what is it? And it was hard for her to even explain, you know, to a young kid. Like, racism exists. But a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it. And it's tough. So, you know, to that extent, I, I never personally ran into an encounter where I was brutally abused by police. So I will put, out, put that out there. A lot of, some people are, some people aren't. For me, I'm, I just thank God that I wasn't because I don't know what would have happened. But were you scared of police? Did you grow up thinking they were there to protect us or were you scared? Talk Because I grew up, yeah. and this is white privilege, and we're going to get into what that topic of what, what because I know I used to get really triggered by the term white privilege, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah. But what I grew up thinking they're here to save me and protect me. You grew up thinking I'm scared of them. Could you speak a little bit into that? Because that's a very, that's a big difference right there. Yeah, and, and a perfect example would be the case similar to George Floyd, you know, um, cases like Breonna Taylor, mm-hmm. you know, Sandra Bland, all these people that lost their lives. That's why we, we are scared. That's why we are fearful of it because we're like, that, that can happen to us. That, that can be my brother. That can be my uncle. That can be, you know, my, my father, whoever. And so when you witness this so much, whether it's displayed on TV, whether it's displayed on social media, wherever, it's, it's overwhelming and it's tiring. It's like, man, I, what, what do I do? Do I stay in the house? I can't stay in the house. Even though it's COVID-19, it's still racism on TV. And we depict it and we don't really have control of our narrative. So when you, when you are in front of a cop, and for me personally, I know a lot of other blacks out there too, we're fearful to the extent that, why is it that when a, when a cop pulls us over, the first thing we do is, oh shit, don't say anything. Put your hands up. I'm fearful, my palms are sweating. My heart is beating. My voice is cracking. Why is that? And it's, and it's what's been displayed over and over. Mm-hmm. If you keep seeing something happen over and over, nine times out of 10, you begin to believe that, like that, wow, that's, that's gonna happen to me. So you try to do everything you can to even avoid it. We, we're not looking, obviously, to cause fucking trouble. Excuse my language and I don't okay. wanna- No, you can cuss. <laughs> it's a cussing show. You can cuss. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't wanna, you know, Put, put that, that level of negative energy out there in a sense, but it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. And for me, like I had cops abuse their power right in front of me to friends that I love <laughs> and did them wrong because they looked like somebody that they were trying to arrest and capture. Ugh. It wasn't even them. But they made an example, quote unquote, out of my friends in front of me saying, don't let this be you. So did your mom, I'm just trying to imagine growing up, was she, how did you have to learn 
these things? Like, did your mom have conversations with you? Like my mom had conversations. If you're in trouble, go to the police. Did your mom have conversations? If that you have an encounter with the police, this is how you manage it. All the time. It's, it's wow. like a rule book. It's like a rule book. Yeah. And we, we still to this day, don't say anything. Sit up straight. Wow. Hands up. Put your hands up. Don't move. Don't talk unless spoken to. Yeah. Like it's so many things. Oh. And it's like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> I can't look at it because if I look at them wrong, it's, it's a problem. Yeah, I get it. So, so I, and, and I, when I hear this, it's like, it's make, a lot is making sense. Like when people are like, all oh, cops aren't bad. You're, you're not saying all cops are bad. You're just saying there are some bad cops. <laughs> like, and this is scary for us. And this Absolutely. is a real, it's, it's a concern. Okay. While yeah, we're so on the top. Uh-huh. You don't know who, who's good or who's bad. Mm-hmm. So you play it the way you play it and what you taught. You know, my yes. mom did the best she can. So to answer that fully, my mom did the best she can. And it's sad because like, like you said, the police are to protect and service. And when something goes wrong, if my mom is sick, let's say for example, or my sister gets injured in a car accident, whatever, like the police is supposed to come, but it's like, do I even want to call the police? Right. Why am I even having these type of thoughts? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, and, and you're that, okay. So while we're on that topic, cause I'm yep. jumping around, I got so many questions. Can we address what white privilege means? Cause that triggers a lot of people. But right now this is an example if I'm understanding it correctly, because I did not, I did not believe in white privilege. I was like, "What do you mean? I'm, I'm not just because I'm white doesn't mean I'm rich or just." And I don't believe white privilege means you're rich. White privilege is just by having white skin. And I want to get your definition in a, in a second. That you have privilege, like we're not profiled. We don't have to worry about that. Exactly. Is that what that exactly, means? Okay. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Because exactly. I see that very clearly now. And even my husband and I have challenging discussions around it because I see it because he's blonde hair, blue eyed. And I'm like, you're the, you don't get it because you're the definition of white privilege. He's like, but I don't have this. I don't, I'm like, it's not about what you have. Just yeah. by being born blonde hair, yeah. blue eyes, you yeah. are privileged because you don't have people profiling you. And, and then he'll, he'll go into the whole, and you would love my husband. I'm not trying to make him. So. <laughs> But I have, I was bullied for this. I'm like, it's not about that. That's, this is not what we're talking about. We're not saying you haven't had hardship. We're not saying you haven't had this. Yeah. It's literally for you all listening. And I, I didn't understand this until this year. So this is new for me too. But just by yeah. us being born with white skin, we don't have that fear. Yeah. And again, I'm going to reiterate for those who missed it. Um, again, go to the cornerstone speech, that statement. Whiter is equal in the eyes of the law. Blacks or not, that, that right there pretty sums it up, you know? Yeah. So just as soon as I'm born, I'm, I'm considered a threat to most. Mm-hmm. As soon as I'm born, I'm considered a thug, a gangster, a criminal. You know, like, it, it's, it's horrible. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't have the, the, the ability to even direct our narrative. We, we really don't. And it's hard, too. And, and we're just now getting to a point where people are exposed to it. And it's tiring. Yes, right? it You've is been tiring. For a, it's a few days, it's been a week, right? It's been about a week's time, week and a half, and everything's happened. And people are like, I'm beat. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Imagine. De- yeah. DeAndre lovingly called me out because I had, I, had, I had spoken up three times on social media, and I put a lot of thought into my intentions before I post, like really think, what do I stand for? What do I want to share? And when I felt misunderstood and got attacked in a lot of, from a lot of different people, uh, whites, blacks, I mean, just different directions. I messaged him and I said, I need to take a few days off social media. I need to process. I need to think. And he was so kind to me that he told me on the call today 
he basically said, that's white privilege right there. We don't get time off. Exactly. Like, we don't right get for to- you, but we don't get time off from this. We and don't. I, and it's not right. You're right. Every, every day I wake up, I can't change my skin. I can't take this off. You can't take it's time like- off and say, I'm just going to take some time to pause. <laughs> I'm going to Tomorrow, I'm going to dress up as a white police officer. I, I would, <laughs> and everything's going to be great. I don't get to do that. We don't I get, get to it. do that. And you're right. And valid point. And I, and I got it. And, and unfor- unfortunately, I even got it before you had to say it to me because I was back online today. I got yeah, it. It exactly. came to me. Oh, yeah. Learning. So it's, it's just, man, you know, but I, I commend you for just being open to learn and educate and just have this con- like conversation is needed. Mm-hmm. It's tough, but it's needed. I'm not necessarily 100% comfortable, but it's needed. I have to do it because it's not you're just- You're helping me a lot and you're helping, I know you're helping yeah. people listening. You know, okay. it's, it's not just me, so. My next question is, okay, and they're, again, they're so out of order, but there's, I have so many things I want to ask you. Okay, why, and I realized to stop doing this because I'm a story-based person. I always want to share my story and like what, what happened to me. Why is that so offensive when people do that? When they say, I understand I was bullied as a kid, or I understand I was picked on for this. Well, when you say I understand, and if you comparing, you can't because we're all different automatically. That's just a given. You're white, I'm black. You can't necessarily compare that. I mean, it, it just goes as clear as that. But when people do it, they try to basically wave off the truth. Mm. You know, they don't really want to learn what, what your story is, your backstory. Like if you didn't open up about, you know, your scenario and how you grew up, I wouldn't have known, but I wouldn't necessarily have judged you, but it would have been easier to say, I understand. Right. But I wouldn't really fully understood if you didn't tell me. Got the it. Detail. You know, it's yeah. the details. It's being willing to listen. A lot of people don't want to listen. They want to, they just want to talk and share yes. their opinion, throw out false numbers, say whatever. So, you know, it's hard to even, you know, understand if you're not willing to listen. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So if you're, if you're somebody doing that right now, this is a time to listen and to not, it's not about us. It's not about us. And again, no one's saying that we didn't have problems as a kid or we didn't have this, but that's not what this is about right now. Can you speak, this is, this is a big one, a big question right now. This is like probably the biggest controversial one on social media, at least right now. Okay. And I understand it, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask it so you can help explain it. Can you speak into Black Lives Mattering, why it's so important and why it's so offensive when someone says all lives matter in response to that? Absolutely not. I know a lot. Of I know that's just... a big question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's a big one. And, but I, I think it might come better from you first and then I can add to it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to just make this super simple. I'm not even going to get, again, too political. I'm not an activist. I'm not yep. an organizer or anything like that. But I like to keep it straight and direct. When we say Black Lives Matter and you say all lives matter. That's basically like a protest to our protest, right? So we're not saying only black lives matter. We didn't say that, you know, we understand that. So I'm gonna break it down in in an example that some people may get just in case that's still unclear for some. Let's say for example, you go, we must save the sea turtles. That doesn't mean fuck all the other fish in the sea. (laughs) Okay, that's not what we're saying. The reason why we're trying to save the sea turtles is because they are in danger. Mm-hmm. We are endangered. Mm-hmm. We are dying off at a rapid rate. The numbers I gave earlier was a prime example. I mean, just look at the news. You see it all over. That's why we're outside right now. And it's tough. And it's tough. So when people say all eyes matter, listen, if that two quick examples didn't make sense, I don't know what to tell yeah. you. 
but it's not to differentiate and separate people and divide and say, I'm the only one that matters. No, that's not yes. the case. That's not the case at all. I get that. I understand it. I mean, I want to add to it a little bit because I, I had to have a big lesson, lesson around this too, because I think I was that person that would have said that too, but thinking I was being inclusive, meaning well, but not understanding. It's almost, the analogies I've been hearing lately are, it's almost like if you have breast cancer and you're at a breast cancer meeting and someone runs in and says, but all cancers matter. It's like, but that's, that we never said they didn't, um, but that's where, not where we're focused right now. We're, we're making a change here. This is what we need to bring to the attention. This is what's important. Mm -hmm. So that is an important message that I get. And I also want to, to uh, differentiate. There is a movement for Black Lives Matter, which is an organization, but saying Black Lives Matter is also a statement. They don't have to mix. It doesn't mean you're aligned with one or the other. It's just that this is an important topic right now, that Black Lives Matter, that they are important, mm -hmm. that they do have names, that this is important. That's why I see a lot going around, name her, name him. Exactly. And it's important that we, we put those names out there so people know. You know, like I said, the George Floyds, the Tamir Rice, the Trayvon Martins, the, the, the Ahmaud Arbery's, everyone. Like, if you look at all of their cases and scenarios, it should be no reason why they're not alive today. Mm. You know? Mm -mm. Only thing you had to do was, like, I'm already detained. George Floyd, I'm already detained. I'm in handcuffs. And there's three of you on me. Why? No excuse. No excuse for that. There's exactly, you know, I'm already jogging, We're jogging in the neighborhood. I can't jog now. These are, these are like fears that people are starting to like have because it's like, well, what can I do? <laughs> How can I live? How can I thrive? How can I prosper? If every time I'm trying to live my life to any extent, um, I, got a, I got an opportunity of not making it back home. Like chances may be slim. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know? What do you think the answer is because I, I'm, I'm struggling with it because I, what is the answer? What is the right answer? Because I see sometimes, sometimes some very extreme answers. Like when I see things, and this is another sensitive one, but about defunding the police to me that that gets scary. Like I, I, I'm, does that mean we don't have any police or what is it? What does that mean? And is that the answer or what is the answer? See, we're in the process of understanding what the answers will be. We have a lot of ideas and it's going to take everybody on board to, to make this thing work. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to that extent, I know you probably heard that defund the police. I don't necessarily believe that would be the best option or route to go. Now, there are, in my opinion, better procedures that may work, maybe in terms of, and I'm going to give an example. When you go to Detroit, if you're here, you know, we have black cops here in Detroit, right? In certain parts throughout in suburb areas, there are white cops. In certain areas, there, uh, there are Mexicans, there's Arabic, there's Latino, like there's diverse, diversity exposed. But when you have white cops coming to a black neighborhood that's never been there, that don't understand the, the language, if you will, that don't really you know, get the narrative and how things are being depicted here and how tough it is and, and what's going on really, then it's easy to pull out your gun and say, oh, I think he was, I think he was reaching for something. No, he was grabbing a candy bar, dude. Like, relax. You know, like it's hard to do that. So I believe maybe, you know, constructing where police patrol their community or where they're from may be an option. Cause then you start to be more relatable. Or maybe divide up the police force where it's diverse and say have a one white male cop come 
and one black male cop go, mm, right? I like go, that. That's actually interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard that and, idea. That's great. Right, uh-huh. and you go in the community, and let's say, for example, someone is driving fast or whatever, and they're super nervous. They're, they're a black guy. You're in a black neighborhood. And he's like, oh, shit, the cop's behind me. He's already feeling all those emotions that I explained. Yep. He's nervous, he's frantic. And when a cop goes over, he says, uh, license registration. And like, he's addressing what he should be as a cop. But as in the black guy's mind, he's, he's nervous. He's frantic. He's shaking. And if he moves too quick and a white guy pulls for his gun and say, you're moving too fast, slow down. He's like, I'm just reaching for my wallet. Then as a, as a white cop, you should say, okay, maybe I should relax. Hey, John, hey, Tim, whoever your patrol officer is with you, come talk to him because I, I think I need him to calm down, but he's super nervous and he's moving a little bit too much for me. Can that help mm-hmm. defuse the situation? Maybe. If I come over and say, let's just say it was me. Hey, come, hey, what's going on, man? Hey, I, we understand you ran a red light. Okay, uh, you're driving way past speed limit. All right, uh, we don't want any trouble. We don't want to, you know, cause harm to you. Just relax, you get license registration. That would be a nice potential option to present to, to the world to have where people are much more comfortable and at ease. Because when you're not at ease, you tend to do things because yeah. you're, you're afraid. You don't know what to do. You don't that know what to do next. Especially yeah. when you like I said, you keep seeing things that happen over and over and two white cops come, you're like, oh, it's, it's over. I might Yeah, I, I would imagine that what, how scary that would feel right now. Like, I, I don't, oh. You know? Oh. So yeah, these, these yeah. conversations and, and, you know, like I said, I don't necessarily believe that might be the, the way to go to defund them. Yeah. More centralized within taking the, if it's the tax dollars for sure, you know, giving it to the community based itself to help fund the police in that community and divide it up amongst that may be enough. So give it to, let me follow that. So give it the, oh, so give the funds to the community to help fund it. So the community is in charge of what's happening. So they're a part of what's happening. Right, throughout that, the police department versus just having okay. the state. Well, that's an interesting perspective there. See, thank you for explaining that also, because what happens is people automatically assume they want to defund the police and that's what scares some people into this extreme, right? Yeah. But the way you just explained it makes sense to me. Yeah. So, so thank you for I, that. Yeah, I believe that might be, you know, a, a great option to explore collectively. Yeah. Like, look into that and see what that may be like. But so, I mean, there's other procedures, there's other things that's been addressed and been, you know, brought up over time. But um, like I said, we, we're learning as we go. This is all new for a lot of people. Totally. Like overall, this is shocking to me. I'm happy, excited, but also I'm sad and scared because, yeah. you know, us as millennials, you know, based over the last... A week and a half, we've raised an enormous amount of awareness. Yeah, you're on like you're literally megaphone to the world right now. Like yeah. and you're like, wait a minute. And it's not it's not that it's your job to educate everybody either, but like I can that's why I appreciate you even doing this. Yeah. Can we talk a minute about all these companies sending emails about how they're like, I don't, I don't love that. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because it's like now you have to go prove that you're not uh, you know, this or whatever. It, like when I started seeing that, I thought, well, this is interesting. Like, why haven't we been diverse all along? Why haven't we? I, okay. I will stay fully in my, with me. I know I am. So mm-hmm. I, I had no, I didn't need to send an email. I'm like, I'm not sending an email because I know that I'm inclusive. Mm-hmm. I know that I am. Um, what do you think about all this, <laughs> about all these emails going out and all these statements of what we're doing as a company and all of that? Yeah, I mean... Do you like it or do or is it triggering you? What, I'm curious how that feels. It's not necessarily a trigger, but it's like, why now? Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
like you know, and for a lot of people that say I didn't necessarily know, you knew to some degree that things were different to some degree. Because even if you look back when people are getting hired into jobs, you have to have a quote unquote certain amount of minorities working for you. Mm-hmm. Why is that? And why, why is it that we had to, like the have to? I don't love, like, you should just to want to. Certain, exactly. So it was like, come on. And now I was trying to play like the, the little victim, kind of like, no, we're, we're here to support. Mm. Could have been supporting. Like a little too, lo- too, too little, too late in a way. You know? Exactly. In many different ways. And, you know, there are people speaking out from celebrities to athletes to companies, you know, saying what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on. You know, we, we definitely could have passed this hurdle a long time ago if you were brave enough to say what you're saving now mm-hmm. in terms of trying to get on this bandwagon, whether you want to ride this wave or not, because you're trying to save face for this company. But ultimately, we, we know we can figure this out. Yeah. We, we can feel the energy. We can tell it's real. You know, you can tell. You know? Yeah, I, I would think, I guess my, I've talked to some people that have really struggled with this and your advice might be different than mine, but my advice is just always tell the truth. Just, you just have to just, just tell the truth, no matter where you are or whatever's happening, that's the best. Cause if you try to go and cover something or fix something that always, that just creates more, just tell yeah. the truth and then do better. That's, exactly. that's my stance on things. Um, when in doubt, tell the truth. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I have another, another big question. Um, a lot of people trying to be politically correct on what to say. Do you say black person? Do you say African-American? Do you say BIPOC? Is that what it is? Do you say um, person of color? I just learned, and I'm so embarrassed that I'm even saying this. I told you this on text. I just learned, and, and my daughter's Hispanic. I should have known this, that people of color are anyone that's Asian, Hispanic, or black. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I literally, I'm mortified that I didn't know that. So what are we supposed to say? Great, great question. I know we talked about it too, and I'm glad we're talking about it now so people to know, especially moving forward. Um, people of color, obviously, yes, us as Blacks are considered a person of color, Latinos, Mexicans, absolutely, but it's usually referred to in reference to those who are Latinos, Asians, Mexicans, in that sense. But right now, in this moment, you know, in the topic of Black Lives Matter, it's very important that you say Black people, right? Okay because black people are the ones suffering right now at the hands of police brutality, which is the yes. whole cause and start of this. Started back in 2013 in terms of the name being brought up, okay. Black Lives Matter, due to Trayvon Martin's case, right? With the mm. incident with his hood. Yes, the, yes. That's where the, the term and the, the name came up. It came from three, three African-American women. I can't remember all the names, but that's, that's the purpose and the meaning behind it, right? So when you say people of color, you're talking outside of, in this term right now, black I people, you outside of black people. And it's specifically black people that get profiled. So that's why it's important to say that too. Right. Okay. What about the term African-American? Because that used to be the PC thing to say, and now it's not. So what, is that still acceptable or should we not be saying that at all? Yeah, I think, I think for most people, I'm not sure exactly. I haven't heard that one, but that's a new one to me, but but that's what we're labeled as in terms of mm-hmm. you go get a job, you know, say white, Hispanic. Because it asks that. Cauca- we're Caucasian. It's funny. We would never say, hey, my Caucasian friend. You know, so yeah. I think it's a, just another underlying thin, thin description that people have a hard time differentiating. But that's what we are. We're okay. black, African-Americans. That's what we're labeled as. That's what we've been labeled as, you know. So that would be the safe haven for most. So okay. you know, moving forward, anybody say a uh, person of color, you know, during this time, you know, you want to say black. Mm, I understand. 
Okay. Okay. So there's another one for you. So just a few weeks ago, um, mm -hmm. we were all in the COVID situation. We were on lockdown. We were feeling lonely, missing our friends, missing connection. We couldn't wait to hug everyone again. Yeah. And that's sort of gone away. And, and we're fighting amongst friends. Yeah. It, a lot of fighting amongst friends. What, in your opinion, should be happening right now with friends? What should we be asking each other questions? Like what, I'm just curious your take Absolutely. on what we should be doing. Absolutely. What we should be doing is what we're doing right now. Having an open discussion. Okay. You know, talking about the difficult things, right? Like if you got to cry, cry that shit out. If, you, if your voice cracks, that's okay. Take a moment, take a deep breath and get it out. Mm -hmm. It's important. I uh, just recently posted a video. Um, if anybody want to check that out on my Instagram, that there was a young white girl by the name of Haley. Okay. Um, and her parents were pretty much going after her in this video for standing up for racism oh. in terms of Black Lives Matter. Her parents could not get this concept. It was very difficult. And she's explaining to them the same thing I'm explaining to you about, you know, systematic oppression, you know, why Black Lives Matter. You know, people, they try to throw the numbers at her. And she's like, no. You're being, you're being ignorant. You're not willing to listen. They told her to shut up, be quiet, and cut off the TV while her father labeled black people during this video as animals, as ghetto, as thugs. And it's hurtful. It's yeah, hurtful. and how hard for her too. That, like she's really trying to understand and make exactly. a difference and, and then to get judged. Exactly, but it, it's, it's By your tough. parents nonetheless, like that would right. be tough. Right, absolutely. And I commend her for her effort. I really, really do because that's what we need. We need that, that bravery. We need that courage. We need more young people stepping up, um, more whites, you know, sitting down amongst each other, having these tough conversations that people like to hide away from. You know, they'll see it, but they'll turn the channel. You know, they'll see it or they flip the page to the book. You know, they see it, they walk away. But we need to sit down. You know, like I said, we, we were able to come together and do this. This is important. Mm -hmm. It's not just about us. And I think yeah. some people miss that. You know, yeah. it's, it, it does, the story doesn't start and end with us. It doesn't. Mm -mm. It's like generations to come. You have a child, a daughter. People have kids. What, what are they seeing? What are they learning? What do you want them to know? Yeah. Because this is a part of history. You're a part of it. What side are you going to be on? You know, did you help? Did you try to educate? Did you try to sit down and listen? Did you take notes? Did you ask the right proper questions? You know, where, where you core your approach? You know, are you, are you protesting? Are you donating? Are you giving back? Are you bringing awareness? Like, how can you contribute? Figure out how you can contribute. And those are some forms that I listed that you can help. But use, use your gift. You know, if you have a gift, use your talent. You know, get creative. We get creative in anything else. Yeah. Like, like we came up with fucking Pokemon. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, with Sour Patch Kids, you know? Yeah. We got AI now. Like, there's no limit to the creativity on how you can bring awareness to the scenario so people can learn. So I love, okay, this is what I love about you right now is that you actually stand in the pow power of what you teach and believe and what you how you work. You, you live the work. And like, you didn't even hesitate when I said, hey, can you help me out? Can I ask you? You didn't even hesitate. You said, I will help you. And I, yeah. and I love that about you. I think it's incredible. And I, I hope, I wish more people would, would step up like that. Um, and I love what you said about the creativity because this is the other thing. And this was, I'm full 
disclosure, I was super triggered by this. I had my own friends telling me what I should be doing. And I, and I don't believe in that either. I think people should think for themselves. Um, and I think you should take a stand, but you've got to do it within your talent, your strength. Like, like, right. I love interviewing. I love having conversations and that's what I'm committed to doing more of. Um, I didn't want somebody telling me you have to go post this or this, or, you know, that didn't feel good to me. That felt attacked. So I want to point that out on this interview as well, too, because if we come from a place of truly wanting our intention to come to fruition, then we need to be flexible and kind and approach and talk to people with love. We really do. And yes. because as soon as you go to attack somebody and tell someone how they should be doing it, it shuts them down. Exactly. Absolutely. And we all feel that we all been there because you, you get, you know, rebellious, like, don't tell me what to do. Yes. You know? But, you know, I hold people accountable because because we all know right from wrong. You know, we all know yes from no. So you know how to make a decision. Yes. You know what's happening. You witnessed everything that's happened. What what decision are you going to make to help promote the correct narrative versus what's being depicted? Because, like I said, we don't have control over our narratives as black people. We don't have that control. But based on what you see on media, the news and movies, TV shows, you know, we're depicted a certain way. So when that's spread all over, you know, the, the world globally, people have a certain image of you. Yeah, and we're right. fighting that image. We're fighting that image hard. And you can see it took, <laughs> it took the fucking Justice League <laughs> to form together. You know, it took white allies, it took blacks, it took the LBG community, you know, it took K-pop stand, it took everybody to find... And, and finally find a solution of convicting mm -hmm. four police officers, four police officers who committed murder on a guy who couldn't breathe, who yelled out, I can't breathe numerous times. Not just once. He didn't say it low. Everyone heard it. Everyone heard it. For almost nine minutes. Yeah. For, exactly. For, for almost nine minutes. Everyone heard that. Right. It took all of us to come together to raise awareness just to get some justice. Yeah. And, and I like what you said. I love what you said about the media too, uh, DeAndre, because, okay, think about it. We're doing an interview right now and I don't think we're going to have much to edit on here. Like if anything, we might clean up the beginning or the end or whatever for the podcast, but like, think about it. Somebody could take what we're doing right now and take parts of our clips and edit it together to make any message they wanted. And that's what happens a lot of times in the media. You get the highlight reels and pulling out what you wanted to say. When we were talking about slavery, my gosh, like what could someone pull from that? I'm just saying that that's dangerous. And that's what media yeah. does sometimes. Absolutely. It's always been that way since the beginning. You know, they, they want a message to be directed for, for people to see. So you know what place you're in. Yeah. You know, they want okay. you to know that oh, you have that white privilege here. Oh, you're, you're, you're just a servant here or, you're just a bus boy here or like they try to depict and frame it. And when you see it so much, like I say, you begin to believe like, why am I, you know, you start to question, you start to question, you get angry and you find out why, and this is a funny little scenario, but why, why is it that black people get killed in the movie first every time? And I'm pretty sure you may have heard that or seen that or laughed about it, but it's like, you can count on your hand just a few movies on when a black person made it through the movie, if it wasn't already black on. Mm. you know and so for us you know when you see that it's like man like damn can we make it to the end of the movie because we're not even making it in real life really it's just the movie and that's just one small glimpse of how we how we see things and what's being viewed and what's being portrayed about us and it's just not right you know it's just not right Ugh. um wow 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 
Okay, I have another another big one. Uh, this is another big one, and I think I'm done with the big ones. <laughs> um, can we talk about protesting versus rioting? Because they're very different things, and I and I don't like when people lump it into the same thing. Can we talk about that? Definitely, definitely. So right now, obviously, everyone is seeing everything on on the news, on their phones, social media. There are three different groups out there right now, right? You have those who are protesting, you have those who are rioting, and you have those who are looting. Okay. Those who are protesting are doing it peacefully, not causing any harm. They're walking with signs, they're chanting. That's a peaceful protest. They're doing everything right based on what's supposed to be a peaceful protest, which I, in my opinion, I don't know what's the right or wrong way to protest. I didn't know there was a rule book on it. And if so, no one really explained that. But in us, to stand up for what we believe in. We're not trying to wreak havoc. We're not trying to break stuff and cause chaos. We're not looking for revenge as protesters. But there are people out there, rioters, who are looking for chaos, looking to break, looking to destroy, looking to leverage off this opportunity and connect the dots to Black Lives Matter to say, see what people are doing? See, this is what Black people do. That's what's being painted. There was a video of, of two people, it was a young lady, two young ladies, had on like scarves and it was this all in black and it had spray paint and it was spray okay. paint on the side of a building two white ladies spray paint on the side of a building black lives matter <sighs> some people will see that and say what the fuck are you doing <laughs> that's not right right <sighs> of course that's not right uh-uh. because that's not what we stand for and we're not necessarily the ones doing that but we are amongst the majority that is out there that are black and so they claim that black people are the ones you know fucking shit up, burning buildings, rioting, polluting, doing all this other stuff, but it's not necessarily us. Now, I'm not going to say 100% it's not us, but I can tell you for a strong, vast majority, it is not. It's people from the outside, people who are not necessarily from certain cities and states. Like I know um, down in Atlanta, uh, you know, people protesting. There are people that are not necessarily from Atlanta, coming to Atlanta, whether they're driving or not and looking to simply wreak havoc again, looking to cause that, that tension. You know, they're anarchists out here and looking to cause problems. There are people that are out here descri- disguised as, you know, a, a protester, but really, as soon as you turn your back, they're spray painting, they're throwing bricks, they're breaking, they're breaking glass, you know, they're, 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 you know, antagonizing the police. You know, they're, they're, they're chanting things opposite of what's going on. And then you have the looters. You have looters out there who are just obviously looking to get jewelry, looking to get cash, whatever, looking to get clothes. They're just taking advantage of what the rioters are doing. But all in all, when people see that on the TV screen, when people see that on social media, they're basically saying, see, this is wow. exactly why blacks are where they, that's exactly the narrative that they paint. Yeah, and that's it's just not, not the truth, yeah. It's not, it's really not. It's Ooh. really not, it's, and it's heartbreaking. And it's sad because, for so many years, you know, going back to Martin Luther King, right? And I see this, this meme going around so often. And it's Martin Luther King, he's standing there protesting peacefully, quote unquote, peacefully. And right below the image, there's the comparison of what's going on now, people rioting. But there's two groups of black people, Peace, peaceful protests at the top, angry, quote unquote, black people at the bottom rioting. But that's not really true. You know, people say, yo, you should protest peacefully like Dr. Martin Luther King did. But did you not know that, yes, he did that peacefully, 
But five minutes later, if you show the bottom half of that picture, because people like to crop it, is actually people getting bitten by dogs, getting water hosed down, getting, getting shot at, getting abused, tackled, trampled. You don't witness that. And some people say, yeah, you should still protest peacefully. Well, we tried that fucking option already. And that's where it got us. It got us beaten up. It got us bitten by dogs. We tried every option. We sent them letters to the government, sent them letters to the state. We voiced our opinion. We asked for help. We did that repeatedly. And when you keep yelling and you keep yelling and you're not heard, you know, you scream. And when you're screaming and you're not heard, you're going to throw something. Yeah. Right? And just like a little kid, when, when a kid is throwing a tantrum and they're upset, right? And you're looking at them, hey, stop, stop throwing this tantrum. And they're like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And you're like, well, you don't have to throw stuff. Well, it's like, feed me. We're hungry for change. We're starving for change. Yeah. It's been happening so long. And we're tired. Oh. But we're trying to do this the right way. And there's been images where, you know, there are, there are people out there, Blacks, Whites, amongst all, that are, again, protesting in the right way. I saw a group in an image where there was a, a, a line of Black men protecting a cop, a white cop at like that. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. They wasn't looking to to cause any harm. They wasn't looking to beat up. But the narrative would have been different if that picture wouldn't have been caught. Totally. That police, police officer. So that, that and all just shows that, listen, again, we're not trying to wreak havoc. We're not looking for special treatment. We're not. We're looking for a level playing field. Yeah. Equality, justice. Freedom. That's that's what we're asking. That's all we're asking. Yeah, at which and that's you hard. deserve. That's not a fair. That's not an unfair request. Yeah. So yeah, this, I hope that this has inspired more conversations. And and I thank anyone that's listening right now because thank you for even being open minded and listening because it's going to take these types of conversations if we're going to make a difference. It's going to take us not just taking the narrative from media from either side. And we need to start using our own minds and understand. I always say seek first to understand and then form your own conviction around things. But unless you're having those tough conversations, unless you're listening to these conversations, we're not going to ever get there. I don't believe we will. Exactly. You know, everyone keeps saying we want to go back to normal, want to go back to how it was. Like, I don't, this is going to be a new, this is, this is not, there's no going back on this. These tough conversations need to happen so we can get to a, a better place. And I think there's something even better for us all. I really do, but we've got to have these conversations first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everyone out there, you know, under the sound of our voice right now, listen, just, just taking what we're saying, educate yourself, take time to have conversations like Natalie and I are doing white, black, Hispanic, Mexican, it doesn't matter across the board. Everybody needs to understand what's going on here. We need, we need to, to open up our, our mouths, you know, and be vocal to the full extent. You know, there's no definite answers today for tomorrow. Yeah. Right. No definite answers today for tomorrow. But when we expand as people, you know, and our relationships change, you know, when you're ready for change, that's when we will expand. You know, you have, you have to want it. You have to want change guys. And again, homework wise, Check out Cornerstone Speech. I also say, you know, visit YouTube. You know, okay. check out Jane Elliott. If okay. you don't know who Jane Elliott is, definitely mm-hmm. check her out. She will explain things mm-hmm. very clear. Jane Elliott. Okay. I'm writing it down. Yes, Jane Elliott. Across the board on what's going on, why we are experiencing the way we're experiencing. And get, again, she's a white woman. Mm-hmm. You know, so she's speaking from her experience mm-hmm. of being with Martin Luther King as well. 
what happened then to what's happening now. And she breaks it down. Thank you for taking a stand and for living the actual work that you talk about and for being open and willing to talk with me. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate that you came to my life. And so, and I thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And I appreciate you for, again, taking this time out and inviting me on your platforms to share this knowledge and information, educate and inform so we can grow and we can see a better future for everybody. Thank you. Yo, what's going on, gang? Tuning back into the podcast really quick. I hope you all enjoy this episode with Natalie and I as we break down the correct way to actually start opening up the dialogue to communicate, to engage, to bring awareness, understanding Black Lives Matter, the reason for it, how we can, you know, use our gifts and talents to overcome these these obstacles that we all are facing. Uh, but ultimately to bring justice, to bring equality and freedom to all. So if you enjoyed this episode, feel free again to DM me on Instagram at DeAndre underscore Evans. That's D-A-N-D-R-E underscore E-V-A-N-S. And also, if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Leave a five-star rate and review. Let me know what you guys thought, as I appreciate all the love. And I read every single one of them as it allows me to continue to grow this platform, continue to have conversations like Natalie and I are having, so to push out true value so that we all have a clear understanding of what's going on and how we can prepare ourselves to fight together versus fighting each other. So again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, much love, peace, and blessings.